Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas, and uh, back uh, live in the uh, global office with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Hello there, Brian. It's better than doing it Zoom, isn't it, on this, yes, it on this kind of format? <laughs> face-to-face is always good, especially with the sound quality. Yeah, the sound quality is way better when we do yeah. this live. So, um, Well, we wanted to, uh, Rocky, you you, you were, said something to me the other day, um, and it was you kind of posed a question: Is abiding enough? And uh, we were talking about how this coronavirus and the or the COVID and the quarantining and has kind of worn on longer than people probably thought it was going to wear on. And uh, and you and I are in touch with leaders of our ministry and other pastors, and and we get a sense that people are weary a little bit, and and some people are. Uh, getting discouraged, and uh, we're just hearing all different kinds of things. So, we're here to hope, hopefully, be an encouragement uh, with this podcast. But uh, uh, where do you want to dive in on this topic? We we have a scripture we want to read, but uh, where do you want to dive in on this? From the standpoint of the question, mm-hmm. um, it was more of a rhetorical question. Right. It was not a question that that I don't have an answer for because I have a strong conviction. Sure. That abiding is enough. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people would uh, ask that question, and they would say that, how can I make disciples? How can I bear fruit? How can I do anything from the Lord as long as I'm quarantined, as long as I'm limited, as long as I'm unable to continue to have face-to-face meetings, as long as I have a disruption in the way I've done business before, or done ministry before, how in the world could I do this? Mm. And the question is this, is abiding enough. And Jesus said uh, this, he says, if you abide in me, you'll bear fruit. Apart from me, you will not bear fruit. And so uh, I don't know if there's any limitation on that. I tend toward not thinking there's a limitation. Mm. I do think that there's a different form that we might carry out uh, instructions that he would give us from that abiding relationship that will bear fruit. I think that uh, in in our case, we've had the Zoom technology mm-hmm. that's allowed us to have a different form of journey group meetings and staff meetings and prayer times and a lot of other things. So the last several months, our ministry has been very, very fruitful. Mm-hmm. And yet it wasn't the form that did it. It's the abiding relationship that we've had that's inspired us and given us wisdom, insight how to have even started that over two years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it was not a new thing. We stepped right into something that we were already doing. And with our own staff meetings, we were doing that, that we were seeing it important to have this community virtually that we're, where we see each other, talk to each other, pray with each other. And so we were able to step right into transferring that to our journey groups, training people how to use it, giving them license to be able to do it. But all of that is only a form. It came out of something else. It came out of the inspiration that comes from the abiding relationship. So though the world and and the way we live is a very fluid environment, it's going Mm -hmm. to be constantly changing, there is something that is unchanging. Mm -hmm. We call it DNA. 
the non-negotiable. This ministry is about getting someone into an intimate, abiding relationship. And where it goes from there is his work mm -hmm. in our life, which we've seen. We've seen uh, that he's overcome uh, so many limitations that we thought we would have. And he's got a lot more to overcome, but he's doing so. Well, and um, <clears throat> is it a little bit of a test for a, a man or woman to see if they're performance oriented, perhaps maybe mm -hmm. they're, they're deciding, you know, they, they only get their worth if they feel like they're running a gun in and doing a lot of measurements by and, their own. Their and own you're mind. looking at me when you say <laughs> that with a smile, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, you've, you talked, have talked about that in your yeah. testimony, how you had to overcome that to learn about abiding. Yeah. God had to break you of that. It's an overcoming process. It's always a choice. It's a tension. And I think a lot of times we get our measurements based on things we see and feedback. And uh, and I think that we need to get feedback. Uh, one thing that, uh, that the Lord has been impressing on me uh, is that we are living in discouraging times. Yeah. Highly discouraging times. Mm-hmm. And if there's something that uh, we need to be doing is that we need to be encouraging. Now, so the question is, well, if I'm discouraged, why do I need to be encouraged? Well, there's a scripture about that. I don't know if you have it, but I know in essence what it says is that what goes around comes around. Yeah. Yeah. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, the good we do to others, God him come back will do the same for us. That's right. Is in Ephesians. So the, the point I am making out of that is that we encourage so that we can be encouraged. Mm -hmm. And the best place to be encouraging is when we are discouraged. Because we are able to encourage someone and give someone, someone else the very thing that we're needing. Now, that's an act of faith. Yeah. That's, an act, that's, a, that's a proactive step in trying to live it out and look at our world around us, whether it's family members or neighbors or, or strange relatives. Uh, people in our life that we pick up a phone or we write a letter or we do a text message, but we just be creative about how we can encourage others to start looking at Jesus, to find that the abiding relationship is the thing that is the greatest treasure, opportunity that we've been given because of the pandemic, because of this social isolation. It gives us more time to have time with him. And I believe that it's in this time that we were, are, are strengthening the roots. Mm -hmm. We're in the winter season. If you want to look at four seasons, we're in the winter season where the root structure is being nurtured. And when spring occurs, then we're going to see a great amount of opportunities. We're going to see much fruit that will be following this time. And the people who are using this time to abide more deeply because they have time, mm -hmm. rather than mully-grubbing about what they've given up and what they can't do, to use the time effectively to spend more time journaling, more time 
asking God, is there something that I'm not seeing? Is there something in me that needs to be developed? Is there anything in me that you're wanting to reform in me? And through this process, we are being prepared for something great, something great. Mm. I believe that. I, I like what you're saying because during winter season, plants look like they're dead. Yeah, You don't see any fruit. Everything looks like it just may not make it. Yeah. And uh, but but beneath the surface, there's something going on. There's a work going on. And you know, the grapevine is is uh, pruned during the winter, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know, pruning hurts. Mm-hmm. Pruning stings. It's not easy. Uh, and sometimes we say, "There's no fruit in my life. I got a dead vine. And I'm still hurting because <laughs> <laughs> I'm being pruned." And pruning, bait, by the way, is taking things out of our life that get in the way. They're not necessarily sin. It's just a, a it just reorients us. Mm-hmm. And there are some things that need to be removed that, that hinder our growth, uh, hinder our fruit. And the pruning aspect is necessary for fruit producing. And the vine dresser, who is our Father in heaven, knows us. He's the one that prunes us. So this is an intensive time. And for some, it's worse or harder. Not worse, but harder. And some of us are have been pruned a long time, and we, we fall right into realizing what's going on. And we don't panic as much. It's just experience that causes you to see things a little differently. And I do believe that he's growing all of his family up so that we will face more and more times like this that they won't shake us. We just realize that this, this is the time that we're in winter, that we're being pruned, we're being challenged with our norms, and that we need to intensify our abiding, mm-hmm. go deep, proximity, trust, trust his words, that if we abide in him, we will bear fruit. And yes, it will make it to the surface. We will see the chips. Mm-hmm. We will see the things that he will do because of the abiding time we've had with him. Well, don't you think that uh, during a time like now or any time of trial, that exposes some things? You know, how we react exposes some things maybe we should pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Like right now, people are questioning, how do I normally spend my time? You know, what, what, what are the things that were really important to me at one time? And maybe I'm realizing... They were too important, and they're not yeah. that important now. Yeah. Or even the with the racial stuff going on, people are questioning themselves. What, what do I think about that? Have I had any bad attitudes in any of those areas? You know, yeah. just shining the light in your own heart with the Lord as you abide, and letting Him show you some things. Don't you think it's a time for oh, that? Oh yeah. Well, you're describing idols. Mm-hmm. Uh, when idols were taken away from you, you didn't realize how important they were to you. But think about, you know, the sports is a good example with men. I mm-hmm. mean, baseball season, football season, college baseball, uh, all of that. Seems like a major void in a our life right void. now. I mean, yeah. What are you doing now? I uh-huh. mean, how many times are you going to watch something that was 10 years old? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great game. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've been getting co- competitive food channels. <laughs> 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 That's your new pastime. Forget sports, it's food food network. I mean, I'm cooking. (laughs) I don't know if this is a good thing. But, but yeah, that's a big deal. Reorientation is the word I like to use because we tend toward uh, getting oriented toward our our view of the world. And we have a a worldview rather than a biblical view. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And so when the world's ways start letting us down, 
uh, and changes. And we realize, gosh, man, life is not the same. How will life go on? Well, believe me, it will go on. It mm -hmm. might be different. And how we choose to process that is a lot to do with attitude, perspective. And as a Christian, I have to remember that this, that this, that I'm not a citizen of this kingdom anyway. I'm a citizen of another kingdom. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, just you, you passing through here. Well, and uh, a lot of people think this could be the beginnings of birth pains of end times type stuff because yeah, it's just one keeps, of them. It keeps getting darker and darker, mm -hmm. you know, and. Uh, I think the good news is the darker it gets, the more the light can be seen. And, and yeah. that's what you're talking about is yeah. we have an opportunity to be a light. If we can get past ourselves and our own whatever's messing with us and abide, mm -hmm. we can have an, be an encourager. We can be a light in this dark world. We, we have to be reminded who we are as the church, as the body of Christ. You know, we're brides of Christ. Mm -hmm. He's the bridegroom and we're brides. I don't know how you feel about it. See yourself as a bride. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and have you got your wedding dress, by the way? Because that's in there as well. <laughs> but uh, metaphors, right? Right. right, right. <laughs> but the, the fact is, is that, you know, the, 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 the ones who were betrothed to him, uh, that kept their oil in their lamp and their wicks trimmed. They were the, they were the ones waiting for the bridegroom when, we, when he came. And then there were those who were asleep mm -hmm. and those who were not prepared and uh, and when he came they were they were not ready for him and i think right now i don't know how close we are to end times but i do know that there's an awakening in the body of christ mm -hmm. uh, and i think that awakening is good because i think that we have forgotten who we are uh, we've forgotten he is coming. Uh, we are living as if it's not going to happen anytime, which it is going to happen anytime. And uh, how does it? How did? How do we want him to find us? We're laboring for him, uh, or sleep uh, and forgetting he's coming. Mm -hmm. And I think it's times like this that it does us a favor. It shakes us. It reorients us to remember who we are, who we serve, who's coming back, who where our where our home is, really, mm -hmm. uh, what we're formed for, not for this world, for the next. It, it shakes us and it reminds us, but in a good in a good way, because it it places us where we needed to be in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's right. And again, it just comes back. If if you don't know, if you're, if they're listening, they're thinking, I don't really understand that. You know, I don't I don't know what my part in this whole drama is. It goes back to the abiding, just exactly. just getting with God, His Word, um, your journal, and just being open to what He's got for you. I mean, don't you think? I mean, yeah, Brian. You know, for years I thought that I had to manage God's work in my life. Yeah. And I had to almost give Him permission uh, to do the things He wanted me to do, how He wanted to reform me. I had to say, well, let me make, make sure that's something I want, right? Yeah. And, and that didn't work out well for me. Because, again, I was trying to keep control. I was trying to be my own God. And I was calling myself a, a committed, trusting Christian, but I was really trying to be my own Lord and not Him. Mm -hmm. And then I, then I understood that personal abandonment and absolute trust was uh, not only an invitation but a requirement for me to be able to find that which I longed for. And that was the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. 
to be able to, we able to weather storms of life by realizing that he is sovereign, that he is in the boat, that he is in control, and I can trust him. I'm not in control. And my illusions of control were getting in the way of the peace because as long as I thought I could control an outcome, I could never find a resolve to release and let him take control. And finally, I came to, to grips with that, that control is an illusion, mm. that his sovereignty is reality, his love is reality, and the peace that follows is the result of embracing that. And that, that comes through the struggle. And I think a lot of people out there are struggling right now, trying to hold on their grip on the illusion of control, an illusion of safety they thought they have, an illusion that, you know, they are living a dream that will never end. Uh, that illusion is being taken from them. But that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Because it's going to be replaced with the reality of God's sovereign love and control and the peace that follows when, when we finally release it and embrace him like he wants us to embrace him. I think it goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. I mean, from the very beginning, the devil was tempting them to be in charge. Did God really say you couldn't? I mean, what, what? Who's in charge here? You know, yeah. like, don't you want to be in charge of your own? Which trees you eat from and all that? I mean, yeah. from the very beginning, we, we just, we're sinful, prideful, want to have our own, want to be in charge. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. I feel like God's done more through me in my life when I've gotten out of the way, when I've not made it about me and I've just said, Lord, what do you want? Anything, you know, I'll do anything. You just tell me what you need me to do. Yeah. And I think I think when we do that, he puts creative ideas in your head. He 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 puts a pops even a person, a yeah. name in your head. Yeah. And and you know, he knows what's going on with everybody in the world. So he knows who probably needs some encouragement. And he, and I've I've always heard this and practiced this when when you get an idea in your head, you, like a name of somebody you hadn't thought of in a while, you should send them a text mm -hmm. or reach out to them because there's a reason. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's trying to use you to being encouragers like that. His so. ways are beyond our ways and our understanding. And and I have learned to em embrace the mysterious and yeah. not be afraid of it. Right. Uh, I feel like that God is going to keep me on track uh, if I really trust him. And if I embrace something that is not from him, then he will let me know. Uh, I think self-feeding on God's word keeps me... We, me within the boundaries mm -hmm. to know how he works. Uh, and honestly, I think that when we get within the boundaries of Scripture and theology, we will see we have more freedom uh, than we would have ever had with the controlling legalism that we have. Mm -hmm. And then also the self-control that we put on ourselves that we never really find the freedom that he wants to give us. There is a, it's almost like stepping into a, a wide open place when we enter into this relationship with him through personal abandonment and absolute trust. When I say personal abandonment, I'm talking about all rights to myself. Mm -hmm. I abandon those rights to myself and take on his lordship that he is in authority over me, and I'm willing to obey that. I abandon the illusions that I have about controlling my life. 
abandon the aspirations that I have for myself and in, instead embrace the aspirations that he has for me. And then the other part of that is absolute faith or trust. That's, mm-hmm. That is not negotiating. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, I think there's levels of, of what it means to, I think we discussed that before, but, you know, we can have theoretical faith that there is a God, but not know him. Mm-hmm. We can say we trust God, uh, but when in fact we don't entrust to him our life. Mm-hmm. We trust him. We have faith in him. But until we began to entrust to him the hopes, the fears, the concerns, all the things that weigh us down, until we entrust those things to him, we've not stepped into a place that we will find the peace that surpasses all understanding. Yeah. And that's a description of personal abandonment and absolute trust. Mm. And that is to entrust. Mm. You know, one thing I was just thinking about, I, I think as we do this and get done with the Lord, you know, start abiding, you know, and, and he'll do whatever pruning he's got to do and all that. But he's trying to bear more fruit in us. And as we t- share in the journey, that will empower your spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. I think I think encouragement's one of your spiritual gifts. Yeah. So maybe that's why that's the first thing that comes to your mind is because that's how God uses you. And I've been on the receiving end of that. You call me out of the blue, just want encouragement, you know, and I... That's your gift. Do you think it might be tuned in to each person's spiritual gift? Maybe how God might prompt them. You know, intercession's one of mine. Maybe one way He'll use me is to pray more. Get on my, start petitioning the Father for people. You know, or what do you think about that? Well, their roles and their gifts. Mm-hmm. And you know, the role is something that we do as Christians, and the gifts are something that we do as Christians that are super powered. Yeah, they're enabled by the Holy Spirit. And I, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the passage in Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good works, encouraging each other all more that we see the day mm-hmm. gone near. Mm-hmm. And so that's instructing all of us to encourage one another. That's a role. Yeah, okay. We, we encourage one another. Uh, we lift people up. But then there is a gift of encouragement. And, and this is... This is uh, Something that is just so tuned into the relationship with God, it's almost like Him doing the encouragement mm-hmm. through you, yeah, or Him doing the intercession through you, or right. Him teaching through you, and that's where we yield ourselves. Now, mine really came about uh, through uh, a need. Actually, this was back in the early '80s that I was reading in Ephesians. I was talking about, uh, uh, you know. Let's see, how's it go? Um, uh, well, I can't remember it now. One knowing this, that the good yeah, you do yeah, for, yeah, yeah. You've started talking about that. Yeah. The, the good you do for others. The good you do to others, uh, God will come back and do the same to you. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's one. I think it's Ephesians 6, 8, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, But anyway, I was, I was reading that, and I was in a discouraged time. I was in a really dis- discouraging time, mm. big time. But there was another man that was going through some discouraging times. And there was a, a situation where I was invited to go to Birmingham to a, kind of a group meeting with some Pete was up there and some other people that would have been a, kind of an encouraging time for me. So I called this man. I said, look, I'm going to do, do something for you. He says, what's that? I said, I'm going to sponsor you. I'm going to take you up there with me. And so 
I, I packed it with the Lord that what I wanted to do was spend that time uh, speaking words of encouragement to him the whole time mm. uh, and to give him something that I would have wanted because I wanted somebody to call me. Mm-hmm. I wanted somebody just to want to take me to lunch. I wanted somebody just to encourage me. But I didn't have anybody doing that. It was just a, a void time in my life right then. So I grabbed him, took him with me. And sure enough, he got encouraged like crazy. But what happened is that I did too. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I discovered that there's a spiritual law here. And that is that if we want encouragement, we give encouragement because God himself comes back and gives it to us. So I give it away, but God gives it back to me. Mm-hmm. And I have found that to be true. And then that, that fostered my gift of encouragement. Mm-hmm. That made it become hilarious joyful to steward it out there and to give it away. And it just keeps me up when I do that. But I don't think it's just the gift. I think it's, I just think that's what happens to all of us when we get outside of ourselves and we begin to try to serve other people with, with words of encouragement, deeds of encouragement. It's almost like worship to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about <clears throat> Les Piercy and those guys in Bakersfield at some of their events I've been at, they have this practice, you know, and first time I saw it, I didn't know what was going on, but he had a two or three big, large baskets of oranges. Yeah. And, and, and he said that everybody was going to get an orange. I'm like, okay, where's this going? And he said they wanted everyone to toss an orange to somebody. And, and I didn't know what that meant, but they said they, you had to stand up and speak encouragement to somebody, how they had refreshed you or blessed you or, been this sweet thing in your life and throw them an orange, you know, and, and everybody starts doing it. And it was really infectious and, and it was, a, it was amazing. And, and I got to be received one myself and it was just something that really encouraged me, you know? Yeah. So, so I've kind of tried to remember that even, even like I used to have a picture of an orange on my computer just to remind me to look for opportunities to throw or toss oranges to yeah. people. When we had 25 or 30 people, we could do that. But when we got over 300, it was, yeah, it's a little difficult. <laughs> a little dangerous. <laughs> but but uh, it is good, especially your small groups. Mm-hmm. And he called it refreshing. Yeah, yeah. This is a refreshing time, throwing orange. Of course, they got oranges out in California that we don't have back here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a good to eat. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think, but I like what you're saying is, um, the hardest time to do it is probably when you need to do it the most is when you're feeling lousy and discouraged and mad about the state of the world or whatever to get out of yourself and just start turning it over to who can I go encourage? Who can I go bless? Yeah. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. Yeah. And I think he inhabits things that we do that are contrary to the world and that point to him. I just think he just says, way, way to go, Brian. And mm-hmm. he comes around, pats you on the back, and, and lifts you up. And you say, wow, yeah, I, I see what we're talking about here. And I would suggest to anybody out here listening to that, if anybody's discouraged right now, try it. Try what I'm talking about. Ephesians 6, 8 says, knowing this, the good we do to others, God himself will come back and do the same for us. Mm. And... Uh, that was my passage, and yours is the other one. But the the fact is, it's it's the it's the whole theme of giving that which you need yourself, and 
try it. Mm-hmm. Anybody out there discouraged, think about somebody, pray about somebody who you feel needs to be lifted up and encouraged and give them some encouragement. Ask God how you can encourage them, maybe a kind word, a letter, an email, just thinking about you, praying for you. I think you're a great guy. I think you're a great gal. You meant a lot to me. Lift them up. Let them, let them feel your encouragement and just see what happens to you. Yeah. Well, and there's, there's probably 8,000 some people that get our emails and all that. If, if everybody did that once a day, just a little text to yeah. somebody, imagine. Pay it forward. Imagine right? the wave of, <laughs> yeah, of encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love that. I think that's really good. Well, think about it, though. Isn't that what this world's needing right now, especially this country with, in this coronavirus? Uh, everybody's discouraged. So much discouragement out there. Mm-hmm. But what if we could be a catalyst of encouragement? What if we could encourage someone who would in turn encourage someone who would in turn, in turn encourage someone? Yeah. Look at the wave, the tsunami effect yeah. of that. That's right. So if you listen out there, um, toss an orange today. Just remember <laughs> that. Toss an orange. Think about who you can toss an orange to. Um, and I, I was going to, there was another scripture, Rocky, that you you thought would be just encouraging just because God's word is truth and it's, his word's always encouraging. Um in Isaiah 40, it just says, in starting in verse 30, Even youths will faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But those who wait on the Lord, and that's us abiding, waiting, waiting with the Lord, on the Lord, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. The effect is walking, running, flying. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the fruit of waiting and the essence of waiting on the Lord is abiding with the Lord mm-hmm. we abide with him and it's that that place right there that he is going to enable us to run fly walk to to be able to mount up like eagles and uh, and I think that's what we all want mm-hmm. and I think the Lord wants that for us but right now we've got to stay in the nest and uh, spend time with him. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, thank you, Rocky. I just I think we just want to bless everybody out there and tell you to keep abiding and and uh, just know that you're important. You're important to us. You matter to all of us here at Influencers. Uh, many of you have have helped lead journey groups, uh, and you've been you've been a catalyst for helping people find that intimate place with Christ and. You've helped transform lives just by your faithfulness. So thank you all for all that you're done. And just open your eyes to the harvest fields and see see what you can do out there. And uh, we're trying to do the same here, too, one day at a time. So uh, bless you out there. And uh, know that there's a lot going on right now with uh, the coming fall. The journey is going on. Whether we have to do Zoom or whatever, we'll be doing journey, a lot of journey groups happening this fall. And uh we really uh, are expecting to have 50-plus virtual journey groups this fall that where people from all over the world can join. So if you want to be part of that in any way, uh, just contact us at our website, and we, we'll be glad to get you get you plugged in either as a guide or participant or however we, we can get you plugged in. So anyway, well, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. Uh, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you today.
Christmas.